Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. How are we all doing this afternoon? Uh, I am very tired. <laughs> it's been a crazy, crazy week, but uh, I am glad to be here with you guys to tell a couple more stories. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually back here uh, with the, the second part of, of my love letter to Cleveland. All right. I, I, last last episode, we talked about uh, just you know my experiences here in Cleveland, uh, growing up, and you know what I saw, and kind of how that influenced me to get into the exploration and photography that I do today. Uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story about uh, one, possibly two uh, of my favorite explorers, my industrial explorers that kind of harkened me back to those days. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we'll see how far we get into that. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to take you guys past 40 minutes because then it just becomes a long, long episode. So we'll we'll see how much we can fit in. Um, if I have to split this up into three separate episodes, so be it. We'll see. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know I have a couple other special episodes coming your way here in the next few weeks. Um, so we may break this up into some episodes and maybe a break in between some of these. We'll see. Um... Uh, I have a special Halloween episode coming your way to talk about some of the creepier things that I've encountered out on the road, some of the weird things and vibes and strangeness that I've come across. Uh, I think it was perfect for this time of year. All right, so some creepy stories coming your way uh, right around Halloween time. Maybe in, a, in about two weeks we'll get to that. Uh, and then in November, I have a special episode for you guys. And this one, this one might actually be a long episode because it has to deal with one of my favorite cryptids, one of my favorite towns uh, to explore uh, in West Virginia, and that's the Mothman of Point Pleasant. So we will be having a whole, a whole episode based on that. You know, to tell the story of that and to tell about our experiences down there. So, some cool stuff coming your way. Uh, I've been planning and getting things ready for that, so I'm excited to get that out there for you guys. So we'll we'll see kind of where this goes. Um, this might be, you know, a, a part of it here, part of it there. You know, part two, part three, part four, scattered all over the place. We'll see. Um, we'll see how things go. You never know. All right. Um, but anyway, hopefully you're all doing well. Hopefully your weekend is, is coming up here and you got some cool things planned. Uh, I wanted to kind of get back with you guys and, and talk about the first of, of these these industrial uh, abandoned factories in Cleveland, Ohio that, that, that really kind of inspire me even today to continue doing what I do. Um, everybody has those places they've been to when they first start exploring that, that really kind of set the tone and set the pace for what they're going to do. And uh, I, I hit these two buildings on the same day, uh, way back in 2019. Uh, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but I guess, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it feels like, well, it doesn't feel long ago, but it, it, it does at the same time uh, in the way I've come with things. Um, I went from shooting with a point-and-click Panasonic to uh, mostly figuring out what I'm doing with my, my Nikon D750 and doing a lot of different things. I'm just learning, the learning curve, right? Um, but I, I want to talk about these factors because this is where it all really truly began. This is where I got into some serious stuff. Um, you know, the, 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 the greenhouses and the stuff that I was shooting before, that was kind of the gateway drug. And then once I hit, once I hit you know, the, these places, it was kind of like the heavy-duty stuff where I couldn't, you know, I was addicted. Uh, once I got into these buildings, that was, it was uh, that's all I ever wanted after that. Uh, so what I'd like to talk to you guys about today, uh, I'm going to start off with, with one of my favorite places, and that's the Warner Swayze Factory in Cleveland. Um, Warner Swayze is a massive old factory that was built uh, 
way at the beginning of the last century. We're talking like you know 1904. Uh, 1910 in in that area that was when they were building it you know and they added pieces parts to it in that time period so it's a very old building uh and it looks old it's one of the very first massive factories that i, that I that i've seen in cleveland that i ever, had ever seen um it was in november of 2019 uh it, it was it was in november it was it was, just, it was cold uh, and it started to get cold out i can't remember the exact weekend we were there but it the, the wind was coming off the lake and uh, i had met him there uh, my girlfriend and i had met him our, our friend there and uh you know at that point i was still i still wasn't quite sure about you know what i was doing exploring like am i gonna get in trouble for this like what's the you know now it's like yep let's go we're going in uh but back then it was kind of a new thing right and uh He's like, don't worry about it. We got this. And uh, one of the first things I remember seeing was this this looming, massive five story factory, just kind of like looming over Carnegie Avenue, East Fifty Fifth Street, uh, on the east side of Cleveland. This is this huge factory, um, and you could tell at one point it had been even bigger. Uh, they had actually demolished a section of it, and in front of that, so probably sometime in the '90s, I want to say, they had built this repair garage for the, uh, the city city of Cleveland uh, Police Department. So you had this repair garage, and then in the side lot next to that, you have all these old junked police cars in various states of you know being messed up that they would take for spare parts to to, to fix you know currently running police cars. So you have this this basically a, a cop shop right in front of this abandoned building. And that, that got me nervous at first, but on a Sunday the place was closed. But this is this huge looming factory, this massive uh red kind of st- brownish stone, a huge building. Uh it, it it was kind of like this this beacon like come come explore me and explore it we did. Uh, it, 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 it looks like someone took a chainsaw to the one end, though. Like this is uh, where the main long floor, the the factory floor used to be. They just kind of you know, sawed it in half to build, to, to get rid of the part where they built this this cop shop. It's it's just it's this wide open, like this yawning, massive you know opening where you can just walk right in. And back then you could. Back then you could just walk right into this building. These days it's a little tougher for reasons I'll get into. All right, um, but you could see all the all the architecture and all the girders. Everything was exposed, so it was very like, "Ooh, what's what's going on in there?" Uh, Warner Swayze um, built lots of different things. Uh, at one point, they built uh, armament parts for you know the World Wars. Uh, they they built uh, telescope parts. Um, they built all kinds of precision, you know, machine precision stuff. Um, you know, 19, 1904 is when they started that up here. Uh, machine lathes, that was the big one I was looking for. Uh, and, and, you know, during the wartime, uh, it, they, they were one of the first ones to jump in on things. They made Tommy guns for World War One. So the Thompson machine gun, they built those in Cleveland. Uh, World War Two, you had 7,000 Clevelanders working for them. They built planes for, uh, they built uh, parts for planes, for ships, for tanks. Uh, that all came out of Warner Swayze. Um, and between World War One and the 1960s, it was one of the biggest factories in Cleveland. It was one of the biggest places to work. Um, people people talked about it the same way they talked about Republic Steel and Ford Motors. It was it was a big name company, um, you know. But as with anything else, by the 1960s, 1970s, things began that downward slide. Our economy changed. Uh, industrialization started to go bye-bye. Um, you know, the city of Cleveland started to decline as well. And all, all the Rust Belt cities started losing factories. Uh, it was no different for Warner Swayze. Um, they were closing down divisions, and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, by the time 1985 rolled around, they were they were done. 
and uh, they closed the factory for good. Right, uh, the, the few hundred employees they had left were sent to other divisions of their company in other places, and the factory basically sat there, um, empty. So, three decades or so have gone by or more uh, since they they left Cleveland. Um, it's it now it just sits there. The city of Cleveland owned it for a good long time, uh, and they've tried to put different things in there. Uh, you know, in 1988, they tried to uh, renovate it and turn it into the Department of Human Services and Child Support and Enforcement. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, in 92, they were going to uh, make it a municipal center. Uh, they not, that never happened. Uh, in 2010, uh, these these German dudes showed up and we're going to turn it into some kind of high-tech office lab manufacturing. You know, that That never happened. Uh, and it's just sat there. You know, continually uh, decaying and getting worse uh, by the year. Um, and But now, now, um, as of a year or so ago, someone apparently had purchased it for several million and had plans to turn it into apartments. Um, who knows where that's going to go? Don't know. Uh, fences went up around it, uh, and they watch it. You know, cops have shown up. People have tried to scale the fences or cut the fences, and cops show up. So I don't know how serious it is. As of right now, it's kind of a tough place to get into. You used to be able to walk right in off the street. You'd park down the street. You'd walk over. You'd walk around the cop shop and be right in the door, and you were in. But now it's it's a little tougher. Um, I have not been back in several years, so I don't, I don't, you know, I would love to go back and reshoot it because who knows how long it'll be there. I don't know. Uh, if this goes through and they, they renovate it, then, you know, the chance is gone. Um, if they tear it down, likewise, hopefully they won't. Um, it's still got good bones. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic, it's a solid building. Uh, it would make really cool if they could, they could do something with it, but we'll see. Um, you know, it, it inside, it just—it it was my first real taste of what an industrial building was like. These mysterious, shadowy corridors that led off in different directions. You know, these 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 long banks of empty windows where the windows had been smashed out. Grimy stairwells full of just you know, rusted metal and and just 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 chips of the stone that had fallen down. Like these piles of stone that had kind of fallen down. It was you know that, that's. It's kind of given me the idea of what a, a factory should be. And that's what most factories are like these days that are abandoned. Are these ravaged courtyards. They had these courtyards where, you know, people had thrown stuff down in there and pieces, parts had been scrapped out. So there were all kinds of things laying down below. Um, you know, rusty girders and cracked concrete. It was as everything you would, you, would, you would come to know as a typical beat-to-hell old factory. Uh, and it was my first. Everybody has their first, right? Detroit, folks, Detroit, right? You got, you guys had Fisher Body Plant. This, this is our Fisher Body Plant. Okay, Warner Swayze was one of our, one of our factories that was one of those entry level, you know, first time ever factories. Warner Swayze was one of ours. All right. Um, now, some cool things did happen. I, they, you know, over the over the two years that I would be going there, um, it, it was known for being a place that that homeless tended to live. All right. Um, it was kind of right off of East 55th, so there were a lot of people coming and going up and down the street, uh, and, and a lot of homeless considered it home. Um, they they kind of staked their claim there. Uh, it, it had easy access to to get you know to the bus line or to get food or whatever, uh, and a lot of these people would would stay there. And there were two in particular that we kind of got to know a little bit um, in our adventures there. Uh, we would talk to them, and, and they, they would kind of know who we were after a while. Like we would see them every so often. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to talk about any names, but we did we did get to know these guys. But 
Um, you know, now I don't know if they're there. I don't know if these guys still live there because when you drive past, everything's fenced off. And these guys, again, used to just be able to walk off the street. But now, who knows? Um, but when they did live there, uh, I'll never forget. The, the, the first gentleman that we got to know uh, was this uh, elderly African-American guy. And he lived in on the ground floor in what I assume was a corner office. I don't know. You know, it, it was stripped down. Um, but he lived in there, and whenever you'd walk into this room, he had, you know, he had his stuff kind of there. He had like a little pallet that he would sleep on, like, like with, with sheets, pillows. You know, it was like a mattress. He would sleep there. But he'd always be chilling out on, on these, these crates. He'd be sitting there smoking a cigar, right? And you'd come in and be like, oh, how you, how you guys doing? Right? And and you would have this conversation with him. And uh, it, it turned out he was just he was normal you know, normal guy who just wanted to be off the grid. He didn't want to have to pay taxes. He didn't want to have to deal with with any of the BS that you deal with. You know, uh, living living legit. Um, and he, you know, he would have uh, he would he would have uh, under the table jobs. He would work, and he had money. He was able to go and 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 do the laundromat and get his clothes clean, and he, he did all that stuff. But he he did not live on the grid. Um, he was more than happy to sleep in this place. He had a, a 55-gallon drum that he would put, you know, light a fire in when it was cold. In the summertime, he had like a kind of like a hammock that he would, he strung up. Um, he was living large, and he he kind of got to know us, and he would know who we were, and we would get stories from this guy. Like we would we would talk to this guy for a while, and he he'd talk about little nooks and crannies that that we should check out in the building, and sometimes there'd be places we hadn't seen. So uh, he would point things out, or sometimes he'd even walk around with us and go, oh, yeah, go check that out over there. And uh, it was kind of cool. We would bring canned food for this guy. It was like a, kind of like a, a, a gesture of friendship and goodwill. We, we'd bring canned food, and we'd give him, uh, you know, uh, like Dinty Moore, you know, beef stew, stuff like that. And he just, he, he was thankful as all hell for that. And he, he would tell us all kinds of stories and explain why he went off the grid. And he, he, had, he had crazy stories from back in the 60s and 70s about, you know, what things were like back in the day. So it was really cool to get to know this guy. Um, lots of people see homeless people and they think they're, they're all mentally, you know, there's something wrong with them. There's the, uh, drug addicts. And they're not. A lot of them just don't want to deal with the, the you know, quote-unquote bullshit. Of, of modern modern society, which I the, the longer I'm in modern society, the more I realize maybe these guys have something something to it, right? But um, he he was there for a long time. I don't know if he's there anymore or not. I have no idea. I have not been able to get back in there to to see or to see if he's still there or to check up on him because um, obviously they watch the building now. Uh, I have a feeling that there are cameras on the cop shop pointed in the direction of the, the usual exits uh, or entrances to the building. Um, anybody who tries to cut a hole or who tries to jump the fence or whatever, I'm sure the cops are alerted to that and they arrive shortly. So I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping he has a way to get in there still. He has a secret entrance that he can get in through. I'm hoping he's still chilling out in there because he was a really cool dude. Um, the other guy that we met lived on one of the upper floors. He... He, he had the place really decked out. Uh, he was up, I want to say, on the third or fourth floor, and uh, he was in what must have been one of the, the high muckety-mucks offices because the, the floor, like where the elevator shaft used to be, there was this like marble flooring that kind of led up into this another corner office and it was just it was much bigger than the one downstairs and i assume at one point i could like see like you know oak oak wood paneling and you know the works and everything i could see a a big office there it's obviously all gone now 
but I can see this dude living in this place. But he he had decked it out. He had he had a, a, a wooden rocking chair there. Um, he had tables set up. He had a bookshelf with books in it. Um, you know, uh, he had a makeshift fireplace. He had taken bricks and built like this fireplace. Uh, you know, he had clothes drying. He had a clothesline. You know, he had all this stuff going on pots and pans and all kinds of stuff he had a, a legit like a like a like a legit like settler almost um and and the one thing that i always remember this guy had this slick wooden cane he had this like stylish wooden cane that was always leaning up against the chair whether he was there or not for some reason that cane would always be there i don't know what he used it for or if he needed it or if he had a spare cane that he used when he went out on the town i don't know but that cane was always there um and he was a little more reserved. This guy was a little more chill. Um, he didn't mind us being there. He wouldn't say much to us. Once in a while, we, you know, we'd have a, a brief conversation with him. You know, how's it going, man? How you doing? And we would give him some canned food, too. Um, he didn't mind us being around as long as we respected his space. As long as we didn't touch his stuff or, or come too close to his stuff, he was cool with us being there. Uh, and again, I have no idea what happened to him. I don't know if he's still there. Uh, I, I remember the last time I was ever there, I want to say it was in 2020, um, someone had trashed that, that his area. Like, all his stuff was tossed all over the place. Um, every, like the chair was all smashed up. I, I certainly hope nobody, nobody roughed him up and messed up his stuff. That would be horrible. Uh, I hope not. Um, I, but I have no way of knowing. So hopefully both of those gentlemen are are in 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 a good place. We'll, we can hope. All right. Um, I uh, I'll never forget. I spent a frigid January day in that factory uh, with Seven. Um, I talked. I had an episode about Seven. Uh, is an urban artist from Philadelphia. Uh, he and his significant other had come up to Cleveland to paint. They spent a whole weekend here in, Jan- in January of all times to come visit Cleveland. All right, He brought his paints up here, and we spent uh, a couple hours at Warner Swayze. Uh, if you see his hearts there with the seven, that was from us the day we were there. Uh, we froze our asses off, but it was such a good time um, that we didn't really mind. Like We had brought a little something-something to keep us warm, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, a little something we could take a little nip of now and again. And we had a good time. It was, it was excellent. Um, I, I, I'm assuming his hearts are still there. I haven't been back to check, but uh, you can find them all over the building if you go looking. Um, so I, I don't know. If anybody's been back to Warner Swayze lately or has found a way in there, I would love to hear from you. If you have been around to check things out, uh, give me a lay of the land. I'd love to know. Uh, we we actually went back this summer. Wasteland Explorer came came down from Detroit, and we... Uh, kind of walked around the place trying to find maybe maybe a hidden entrance, but we were not able to find one. Uh, we were up on the railroad tracks back behind the building, and we couldn't find anything there. There's a huge drop-off. <laughs> we didn't realize. We thought maybe we could cross the tracks and go down to the back, but there is a huge drop-off that without a ladder, without a decent ladder, you cannot make. You cannot jump that and survive. So um, where there's a will, there's a way. Somehow we'll find a way to get in there, but... I would love to go back and reshoot that before anything happens to it. I would have thought by now something would have gone down. But as it happens with all buildings that are being renovated, as you guys probably know, if you explore, you know that a lot, a lot of big plans are laid and a lot of big talk is had. But sometimes things just don't 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 happen. <laughs> and, you know, the place will stay boarded up or sealed up and nothing happens for years. Uh, case in point, um, you know, Richmond Brothers in Cleveland. <laughs> case in point there. Um, I need to do an episode on Richmond Brothers. That's what I need to do. 
I can't remember if I've done one on that or not, but I we'll get to Richmond Brothers some other time. Richmond Brothers is a whole that's a whole different ball of wax. Um, we'll talk about that some other time. But uh, yeah, that's Warner Swayze. Warner Swayze uh, again was 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 one of my very first, and it kind of set the pace for me wanting more. Like when I when I had my when I had gotten my taste of what an industrial uh, factory could be like that, I, I I wanted to see more. I wanted to see what else was out there. So. Uh, it went from from uh, as somebody once explained it to me, it went from weed to cocaine, right? That was kind of the that was the gateway drug into into crazier things. Um, so anyway, um, let's see here. I would love to talk to you guys about the next one. I don't know. I we're at the twenty minute mark here, but I can at least uh, get started talking about the next. I the second factory here. Um, maybe I can set you guys up for this, and then we'll 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 actually blow into it the next time around. Um, the next, the, the the second building that I really, really, really love is the the uh, it's Westinghouse. Okay, uh, if you're not familiar with Westinghouse, Westinghouse is this. It's way bigger than Warner Swayze. It's huge, and it's 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 only like maybe a third of what it used to be. Uh, Westinghouse is this vast complex that used to be just this massive uh, like five-story factory uh, at one point it, it started off as, as the Cleveland it's had many different names over time uh, the Cleveland Railway Company it was it was a place called Verdon Electric it was, it was like a Westinghouse and uh, after that closed they called it the Oreo factory for reasons I can get into later but um, these days it's just Westinghouse and uh, Westinghouse is one of those places that you can go to uh, and explore with little to no worry about anybody giving you trouble there. Um, cops or otherwise. Uh, cops will see you. <laughs> you'll see cars like lined up on the street outside, uh, just random cars. And you know, when you pull up that these people are there just hanging out or exploring or doing drones or drone work, or uh, we run into people doing rap videos there all the time. It's one of those places that it's, it's kind of a safe space to go explore. You don't really worry about anybody giving you trouble there. Uh, you'll be there, and the cops, the cops will roll up on you. You'll you'll be getting out of the car, and a cop will roll by. And he's like, "Oh, what are you guys doing? Uh, we're just gonna take some pictures." Oh, yeah, okay, cool, no worries. They'll, they'll wave and like leave, and that's it. Like nobody cares. Uh, it's a beautiful old, massive, massive building uh, off of Cedar and East Fifty Fifth on the east side of Cleveland, just down the street from Warner Swayze. If you if you if you drive down the street, uh, if you follow the railroad tracks, it's right down the street from there. Um, and at one point, it was uh, the headquarters for one of Cleveland's biggest electric railway divisions. It was this, it was this huge uh, deal. Uh, they ran all the electric streetcars in that part of town. Uh, and across the street from it, you can still see it today, is the powerhouse. And it still says, you know, Cleveland Railway Company on it. Um, the powerhouse is a little harder to get into, but uh, it's, it's kind of cool. It still kind of has, has a big gantry crane in there. You can see where the, the, the old turbines used to be. It's kind of cool. Uh, but lots of people have actually owned uh, uh, this building in the past, and it's got a crazy history. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole history just for time. Um, I will leave a a, a a really cool link for you guys that tells the whole history. Uh, I want to say uh, it was Abandoned America, I think it did it. I forget. I'll leave you guys the link, though. You guys can check it out. He, he did a really good job uh, finding all the information that was out there. Um, some of the information I used on this, you know, in this podcast, but it's a really cool article. I will leave it for you guys down below. Um, let's see here. Well, uh, oh, I'm looking at this here. Uh, so 
I guess I can start in this way. In no specific order, uh, this place has been Westinghouse Electric. It's been Verdon Manufacturing. It's been Thompson Aircraft Products, or TAPCO, as it was called. Um, Verdon was the last company to run the place. At first, I thought it was Westinghouse. Uh, Westinghouse Electric owned it, I want to say, up until the 1920s, I think, 30s, something like that, uh, right before World War II. Uh, it was kind of an offshoot of their main plant on the west side of Cleveland. Um they used it for you know whatever else they were doing uh, with their with their experimental stuff. Uh, but Verdon Verdon Manufacturing was the last company to run the place, and that finally went under in 1980. Uh, so uh, the building bounced around from owner to owner. It was owned by the city for a good long time, and as of today, I believe it still is. It may even be owned by the state now, and it sits wide open. And as far as I can tell, there are no plans for it. Um, you know, things have been thrown around, but nobody has any plans to do anything with the site. And I'm kind of happy about that because it's a, it, it, as far as urban exploration and photography is concerned, it is a outstanding place to spend a couple hours. Uh, you can bring something to drink there. You bring some snacks. You can hang out and just have a chill explore. There's so much to see there. Um, there's different components to the place. There's different buildings. There's different sections. There's different levels. There's all kinds of stuff there, right? Okay, so it's a huge building. Uh, the main portion of the building is, like I said, five stories tall. Uh, it's where they used to keep their finished products. It was storage. It was storage. Um, and, and that's the section where you see all the old graffiti. There's, there's ex multiple levels of graffiti. Um, if you go all the way to the top floor, uh, you will see these amazing steel girder. It's this girdered roof. It's this expansive girdered roof, almost like a, like a church almost. Uh, expands the entire top floor all the way down. Makes for an amazing shot. Um, especially at, at golden hour. If you can get in there when the sun is coming up or going down, it is amazing. You get these crazy long shadows, and, and, and just there's a cool view of the city from there as well. Uh, if you can get up there at the right time, you can get some really cool shots. Uh, if you've got a telephoto lens, you can get some really cool shots of downtown. Um, scrappers had begun to tear this out um, back in the early 2000s. Uh, Westinghouse was actually chosen as a filming location for the Avengers. The first Avengers movie was filmed on location. Parts of it were filmed there in September of 2011. All right, And uh, because of the scrappers that had started to tear that, that rooftop out, um, they actually had to bring in these thick cables to, to kind of hold the, the roof together. Uh, scrappers had taken out these central beams. And what was happening was, because those central beams were gone, um, the support wasn't there, so the walls were starting to bow out. Like, the pressure from the roof was bowing the actual side walls out. So they had to, they had to tether the walls together so they wouldn't move. Um, so today, when you go up there, you'll see these big cables, like, strung across the roof to keep it together. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy, to, to the fact that the scrappers just took these big chunks out. And they're just missing, and to, 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 to even have the uh, the safety features available to keep this place as safe as a as a filming location, they had to you know go in there and do that. Um, in this section, okay, I don't I don't know who knows why. Oddly, there is a sex swing hanging from the rafters. All right, if you walk in, you walk all the way to the top, and you see this like like circular plate shaped swing with the, like it's a, it's a swing, it's a sex swing. I, I don't know why it's there. I'm going to assume it's for photographers uh, to use for their, their model shoots. Who knows? Uh, some things are best left as a mystery. 
and uh, I've never found out why, but I'm assuming that's what it's there for. It's still there. No one's messed with it. It's been spray painted. It's been stickered. It's been everything, but it's, it's still there. So who only knows? All right. Just to the side of the five-story section, the big five-story section, uh, right up against the railroad tracks is probably the best part of Westinghouse, the area I like to call the Cathedral of Industry. All right, this massive two-story, the only way I can describe it is it's a two-story hall. It's a giant hall that I imagine was used to, to house the heavy machinery at one time when they did you know, the heavy machinery work. Um, the second floor kind of runs down the middle, and it, 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 off, off, the, off the second floor you can look down. There's like, the, like uh, an area you can look down onto the first floor. Um, so it's kind of like a platform. The second floor is a platform. You can look over both sides down onto the main floor. All right, if that makes any sense. It's kind of hard to explain. If you've ever seen pictures of Westinghouse, it's that iconic shot of straight down the middle, and you see these incredible girders and, and geometric shapes and, and, and just windows, and uh, it's that section there. Um, still intact windows, I might add. There's rows of windows way up high uh, that haven't been broken because nobody can reach them. Um, and and just these these, these amazing uh, just uh, just a wonder of a roof, just girders coming and going and soaring all over the place. It, it it's a photographer's dream in there. Um, if you go onto the second floor platform all the way to the end, there is a square hole. I'm not sure if it was cut into the floor for this or if it was there before, but uh, it was part of the filming of the Avengers. Uh, there's a scene in the beginning of the Avengers movie where Black Widow is being suspended over this hole, right? That that section that that is Westinghouse, all right. If you if you go back and watch that, you will see. Oh, that's Westinghouse. Um, that's where it happened, um, and you know they were doing filming there because all over the building, uh, in the stairwells where there used to be metal uh, hand railings, right? They'd all been scrapped out years ago. Uh, they had built these wooden hand railings to replace the ones that were gone. Uh, also, Scarlett Johansson wouldn't trip and fall and kill herself, uh, you know, here in Cleveland. So to keep her safe, all right? So uh, that's why you see that there. It was, it was all a filming location. Um, I could shoot that room forever. I could shoot both you know, from the ground level up and from up down. It, there's so many things in that one section to shoot. There's graffiti. There's rust. There's there's these little, these little like uh, catwalk platforms that walk that go out over uh, out over the chasm you know, between the second and first floor. It's just, it's really cool. Uh, if you've never been there, um, it's worth checking out. If you have been there, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, there are rusty chains hanging down. Uh, the sun kind of you know shines in on these windows. You get these these cool cool shadow and light patterns. Um, the occasional train comes flying by, so you get these weird uh, you know just effects from the train and the light outside the trains. It's it's just a cool place to hang out. It's peaceful. It's gritty. It's just a, a perfect place for solitude if you just need to get away for a little bit. Um, now, I have a quick little story I'm going to tell about Westinghouse uh, at, at this place, all right? Uh, and it has to do with this weird guy that we encountered at Westinghouse in this, in this section. Uh, I was, again, I was here with, with, with Wasteland Explorer, his buddy, and he, his buddy Rooftop, and he had come down uh, from Detroit. It was, uh, I want to say it was the summertime. It was early summer, maybe June. And we were up on top of this platform shooting, all right? He had never been there before, so this was all new for him. Um, we weren't alone in the building. There were there was another group downstairs. Uh, it was a group of all women, uh, young ladies who were doing modeling shoots, and with them were these older ladies, 
bigger ladies. They were big, big ladies, and they had they had billy clubs. They were they were the protection <laughs> for these for these girls. Um, and we made sure we let them know, hey, we're not here to cause any trouble. We're going to be up there shooting. Don't mind us. You know, we're not we're no no threat. Uh, we made sure of that it's always a good thing to do. if you see model shooting going on to let them know you're there and not freak them out because not all of them are used to having explorers around all of them. So it's good to let them know that. But uh, anyway, we we were up here and uh, out of nowhere, as we're shooting, this guy comes walking out of the stairwell. He had climbed up the stairs. He comes walking out of the stairwell. Now this guy, he was dressed in khaki shorts, polo t like a polo shirt. He was clean. He he had he had sandals on, which is something you never wear to Westinghouse for obvious reasons. I mean, you don't you don't want your feet coming into contact with anything that's on these floors. All right, this guy comes out of um, the stairwell and just immediately says, "Oh, you guys are photographers. Oh yeah, I, I do I do model shooting and blah blah blah." And he was just loud and obnoxious. Uh, you know, bald as the day is long, just comes out and he's just this loud, obnoxious. You could tell he was like one of those. Probably one of those dudes that flipped up his collar back in the day, one of those bros, right, that thought he was real cool. Uh, and he just starts talking about, like, you know, he starts man mansplaining all, all, you know, photography to us, and we're like, who the hell's this guy? Um, and he, and this is the one thing, I, he reeked of cologne. He reeked of cologne. Like, he must have bathed in that stuff before he came in there. And he's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm coming from Toledo, and I'm, I'm looking for girls to shoot, and I'm looking here. I'm like, well, why are you here? Like, why would you come here? looking for women to shoot, right? That was the first red flag. Um, and he starts talking to us about how he's, he's doing all these model shoots, and he's without without us even asking, he pulls out his phone and starts showing us these things. And as he's showing us these pictures, it's getting worse and worse. Um, it basically turns into what's borderline. I, well, not borderline. It was. It was porn. Uh, he was basically shooting porn scenes in these factories, like girls and guys doing all kinds of outlandish stuff. And, uh, you know, none of us had asked to see any of these photos. All right. And, uh, you know, hey, if you guys know anybody who's interested in doing some photography like this, let me know. I'm like, yeah, I'll get right on that for you. Um, I instantly blocked this guy on Instagram. As soon as I found out who he was, I'm like, block. And it, we found out later, we find out later that this guy is actually, it was actually in big trouble for uh, molesting women uh, that he was shooting. He was he was doing all kinds of nasty stuff to them and uh, selling their photos, you know, boudoir shots and selling, like all kinds, the dude was in big trouble. He was going to court. Um, just creepy. And he just left. He's like, all right, well, I'm going, I'm off now. And he just left without any, you know, the way he came, just kind of left. And we were like, who the hell was that? Um, <laughs> that's one of the stories I remember, one of my main favorite stories of Westinghouse, just this dude that showed up, uh, just a, just this creepy, uh, pervy guy that just, you know, who the hell is this? Um, now, uh, moving on in, in the building, all right, I want to talk a little bit more about the rest of the building here. On the middle of the property is what we call the courtyard, all right? There's this huge empty area between uh, the northern part of the building and the southern part of the building that used to be all, you know, intact, but that middle section collapsed. And when they filmed the Avengers movie, they took all the old, like, collapsed roof out. So now it's just this giant courtyard. You know, the walls are still standing from the old uh, section, but there's no roof. So you walk into this area, and it's become a, kind, of, kind of like a gallery for urban, uh, urban artists. You have all these different urban art pieces there. That's where the Sasquatch is at. If you've ever been to Westinghouse, you've probably seen the Bigfoot. All right. Um, Abstract Descent, the artist Abstract Descent, who's from Cleveland, usually does a piece there every year. He'll put up a piece uh, on one of the walls uh, and then some 
asshole kids always show up and, and draw dicks on it. I don't know why. C'est la vie. All right. Um, you know, people come there all the time. This is this is the place I was telling you guys about where uh, the cops will drive by and just kind of wave. And you have all kinds of people hanging out here. Whenever you come to Westinghouse, especially on a weekend, odds are you will see this courtyard full of different types of people. Uh, you're spray paint artists. You got drone flyers. You got photographers. Uh, people doing wedding photos. Yes, I kid you not. People get their wedding photos done in 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 you know in an abandoned factory. Uh, graduation photos. People are doing rap videos. There's always somebody there. There's always something going on. And the cops just kind of, eh, unless they see something sketchy, they just move on. All right. The southernmost end is this five-story uh, old Albert Kahn-style addition to the building. And it's, it still to this day has Westinghouse Electric engraved above one of the main doors off the street. Um, it's cracked and falling apart. But th this part of the building is in really bad shape. I don't know why specifically this side is in, in worse shape than the other, but uh, the stairwells are basically almost gone. They're the most janky stairwells I've ever seen. Um, I've been up to the roof once, and that was the last time I would ever go because shortly after we went, they, they part of it collapsed. You can't get up there anymore, not without you know repelling equipment, right? Um, it's a fascinating area to shoot. There's not a whole ton there. It's full of tires. There's tires everywhere. Um, the coolest part about this section of the building, though, is that ivy grows all over the sides of this building. There's like this little little alleyway between the, the, the courtyard and the this section. And in between there, there's just ivy all over everything. Ivy everywhere. So in the summertime, it's this wild, overgrown look. And really green and verdant, right? And then uh, in, the, in the autumn time, like right around now, when the, when the leaves start changing, it all goes orange and yellow and, and, and red and just these brilliant colors. So it's really cool to shoot this, this building from the outside. Alright. My favorite part of Westinghouse, the last part I'll tell you guys about, is the catacombs. All right, the basement level. Most people don't go down there, uh, or if they do, they don't stay very long. They just figure, well, this is just the basement. What what the, what they miss is all the nooks and crannies and the cool historical stuff that's still down there. There's lots of cool stuff in the basement of Westinghouse. All right. Um, now, according to the stories I've heard and the history I've heard, uh, there was a a, a uh, electric trolley line that came down off of Cedar that came down into the basement. And if you if you look off of Cedar, there is what looks like a like where they used to drive vehicles down through there. I think that's where the tracks used to go. There was actually a, an entrance there. Uh, so from what I can tell, there was a, a, an actual a trolley line that came in there, dropped people off, and then it went back out onto the street. Uh, and if you look down there, there are old wooden benches along the sides of the basement walls. These wooden benches that look like look like a train station. So I'm assuming that is true. I've not been able to find confirmation on that, but there are these huge uh, areas of, of, of wooden benches that just follow along the sides, and I'm assuming that they would, you know, workers would sit there, the, the trolley car would roll in, they'd get on the trolley car, and off they'd go back out onto the street, which is really cool. Um, if you go further into the building, underneath where the courtyard is at, that's where things get really crazy because under there you have all of these old brick arches and supports and all of these things that supported the upper the upper factory. And we're talking, we're going back, you know, a century or so. So it's it's very old, very 
1890s, 1900s, like very, you know, that age, that time period. Uh, and it's very intriguing down there. Like you see all these crazy like arched passageways. And if, if you've got the light down there, if you take your flashlight, you can do some crazy light painting and capture some really cool stuff down there. Uh, occasionally you'll see a beam of light coming down through a hole in the concrete in the in the courtyard above. You'll have these holes and the light comes down. And you have these really cool sunbeams. All right. And you got to be careful down there because there's lots of debris. There's lots of old wood that's fallen through. Um, I would know this firsthand because on one of my adventures there in the middle of winter, I was there and I stepped on a board that had a giant nail in it and it went through my boot and an inch into my foot and it hurt like a mofo. Uh, it hurt bad and it was rusty and I was terrified. I'm like, oh great, I'm going to get locked jaw. Luckily, I had had my tetanus not that long before i had gotten all my shots so i was good but it it just it, it hit me right in the meat of the arch of my foot so it was very it, it was just painful and it hurt to walk for for weeks until it healed up because it went deep it went deep in there um no matter how much peroxide i poured on it i mean it just bubbled constantly so you have to be careful down there you got to be careful of what you're stepping on because you don't know what might come up into your foot um, if you go into the extremes of this of, of this of this catacombs complex, you're going to find corridors that used to go further into different parts of the buildings and into buildings that aren't even there anymore. A lot of them are sealed off, or the ground has collapsed on on top of it and then built on top of. Uh, it's that old. It's like you know, it's more than a century old. Um, some of these columns still have you know, signage on them or uh, section numbers painted on them. You know, some of these areas were used for storage. Um, there are ancient broken wooden crates down there, painted green and yellow. All right, the, the old old peely paint. Uh, and they still have the Verdant Electric logos painted on them. If you go down there, you'll find them. They're really cool. Uh, there's, a, there's just a treasure trove of cool stuff down there if you take the time to go and venture in and take your lights and you know you could spend an hour or two down there checking it out there's actually an old tunnel or part of an old tunnel that runs under the street to the old electrical plant across the street but that's been it's been bricked off but you can get most of the way under the street um and you know it's a dead end but it used to run underneath the street um you know kind of cool now Westinghouse, to some, it's a blown-out old factory. It's an eyesore. I'm sure the city of Cleveland would love to get rid of it. All right, you know, urban renewal and all of that other crap that they throw your way. But to others like myself and, and those who do what we do, it's this fascinating, just a, just a maze, a labyrinth of Cleveland industrial history. This this massive building. At every turn, there's something cool to show you what things used to be like. There's surprises there nonstop. No matter when you're there... You will see amazing, amazing stuff at Westinghouse. Um, I have spent many an afternoon there. That's one of those places you go where if the day doesn't turn out very well and things aren't working out, you're like, you know, screw it. Let's go to Westinghouse. Let's hang out there and see what we can shoot. All right, there's always something, some cool angle you can get that you haven't gotten before. It's an amazing place. All right, so... Um, I'm already way over on this one right now, but I wanted to, to, to get through those two buildings with you guys today. All right, Warner Swayze and Westinghouse, two of my favorite, favorite buildings of all time in Cleveland. Um, so there's some stories there for you guys. Um, I have one more that I'd like to get to, but I will save that for another episode. Next time we talk about Cleveland, I will tell you guys all about National Acme. National Acme's got a crazy story behind it. Very historical place in Cleveland. One of the biggest manufacturers in Cleveland at one point. Huge story to tell you guys there, but we will save that for the next episode or the next time I'm actually able to get to Cleveland. 
Like, like I told you, I have a couple other projects lined up that I want to make sure you guys get to hear. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where that comes, but it will come at some point. All right. Um, so on that note, I want to let you go. Uh, you guys have a wonderful evening. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will catch you on down the path. All right. Get out there and explore. Uh, document everything as always. All right. This is Mr. P signing off. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>